Hey everybody, it's Adam Farkas. Welcome to another edition of Wire Radio. Here by my side, as usual, is Paul Farkas. Hi everyone. And, you know, we've been on a brief hiatus for the last couple of months. I hope everyone's having a happy new year. We, we certainly have had a great new year not working, right, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. It's, it's been fantastic. <laughs> and actually, Paul, Paul's got a brand new hip for a brand new year. So Yes, and it, it hasn't affected my voice a bit. Right. And... Uh, and Odie Wire keeps rolling along, although, you know, you think this is such a glamorous job that we have here. I spent this entire morning trapping a mouse and taking it outside to the woods. So you can see that our studio is a really high-tech environment when we have these little field mice running through. Um, at any rate, today's show, uh, we have a great guest for you today. Uh, we have Matthew Fock from uh, True Payment Processing, or True Processing as they're called. And you guys know Matthew and you know the company. Uh, so a lot of ODs on ODWire, I want to say in the hundreds, and, and Matthew actually knows more, uh, actually use True to handle credit card processing in, in their offices. Um, and so Matthew agreed to, to come in and talk to us today all about credit card processing in general, because we know that folks have a lot of questions and, you know, the whole topic leads to a great deal of confusion. It's one of those things where everyone needs a credit card in their office, but at the same time, actually setting it up can, can cause a lot of people anxiety. So Matthew, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, well, thanks for having me. And I think most people would rather talk about field mice than credit card processing. Well, <laughs> well I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so I guess why, why don't we start sort of fr from the beginning? So, um, you know, if, you're set, if you have an office and you're setting things up, the first question that people always wonder is, well, you know, should I just set up Visa and MasterCard because that's what everyone does? Should I accept more cards? What about Discover or Amex? So I guess question number one for me would be, what do you think about that? Should they should people take all cards or just sort of limit uh, to Visa and MasterCard? Yeah, that's a great question, Adam. And I think it's, a, let's say it's a fairly polarizing question. You're going to find some people that say, well, I want to save the most money. And I don't want, if there's a dispute, I don't want them usually to side with the cardholder. So I'm not going to take American Express. Then you have somebody else that says, well, I just want to cater to my clients, so I want to take everything. So we recommend our clients do a combination of both. Save the most money and, you know, cater to your clients. And what you do is, if you can get, if you can get by without taking American Express, we always recommend that that's the best option. If it's what you've always done, if you're thinking about going that direction, um, you can use this, this next bit of advice as maybe a, you know, a way to make that transition. And what I mean by that is, so let's say somebody comes in, you know, they, they get an eye exam, maybe they get a pair of contacts or some frames, and they're on the way out and they check out. Let's say, hey, thank you, uh, Mr. Smith. Your total today is $330. And then right after that, we recommend people saying, and by the way, we prefer Visa, MasterCard, or Discover. Now, the reason a lot of people don't think about Discover, but Discover didn't seem to be getting a big enough market share. So they basically came on board with Visa MasterCard. So your rates will be the same as Visa MasterCard, and you'll always see your Discover transactions on your Visa MasterCard statement. So you're very safe by taking Discover. It's not going to charge you anything more than Visa MasterCard. Uh, but with American Express, it is going to charge you more. So what we recommend people doing is saying, we prefer Visa MasterCard or Discover. And so that way it gives the person an opportunity who may be thinking about using American Express to look in their wallet and pull out another card rather than, rather than that American Express that could cost you, in a lot of cases, 1.5% more. So if it's going to cost you 
one and a half percent more, you definitely want to train your staff to ask to ask that question. Now, a lot of people will just pull out a Visa Mastercard, no problem. Hey, thanks for coming. You know, we'll see you again in three months or or whatever you used to say. But a lot of people will say, oh. I really like using my American Express, or it's the only card I have. Hey, no worries. We'll be happy to take your card. Uh, we just want you to be happy, but they do charge us more. So we find that you know, you'll actually, you're not going to damage the relationship you have with your customer or your patient because they're going to realize that you're uh, responsible with your money, and you're not careless saying, I don't care what you use. I'll take it because there's so much profit margin built into this. They're thinking, hey, you're trying to be, you know, conservative, but at the same time, you want to cater towards them. Uh, so we find that that's pretty much uh, the best way to promote it. And if you have uh, stickers on your door at your counter promoting that you take all cards, uh, you can call us or you can call MasterCard directly. They'll send you stickers for free. I just recommend cutting off the American Express so that way you're proudly displaying the other three card types. And... Uh, uh, again, I, I kind of talked a little bit about disputes, but if there's a dispute with American Express, they're going to historically they've tried to side with a cardholder. Um, historically, if there's a dispute with Visa Mastercard, it seems like they try to decide with the business owner uh, a little bit more. Hmm, interesting and Discover sort of the same way. Uh, I didn't actually realize that the Discover um, it shares the same statement with Visa and Mastercard. Correct. And in some cases, American Express uh, can share the state, same statement as well, but that gets a little more confusing and somebody can reach out to us if they want more uh, information about how to get American Express on the same statement. But it usually has to do if you've never accepted American Express before but want to start, how can I get a lower rate and have everything on one clean statement? Uh, but yeah, Discover started doing that, and uh, I, I think it's great because when I started this business over 10 years ago, People had different statements for everything, and we were still doing uh, Diners Club. (laughs) (laughs) What have happened to Diners Club? Are they still around? That's a great question. (laughs) 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 I could probably do some research, but I think they were one of the original cards, actually. Yeah, Paul probably remembers when they were brand new. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) Charter member. (laughs) Um, So... I guess then, if, if you're you know you you're set on taking credit cards, the question then is, um, you know, how do you set up a, a processor? And I think everyone has had the experience of going into the bank, and banks usually have preferred processors that they use. And then you go online and you see there's a bunch of other offers to use different processors. Can you help everyone just sort of cut through the clutter and and sort of tell us what to look for in a processor and how to make the choice in an intelligent way rather than just sort of chasing what someone's advertising as the lowest rate? Yeah, of course, of course, and hopefully we get a chance to get to that uh, later. Why, you know, chasing the lowest rate really isn't always the best option, and, and rarely is. Uh, but yeah, looking for the biggest option. Here's here's the interesting thing about a business. There's really only about five processors that actually process the transactions. Then you have hundreds, and sometimes it seems like thousands of middlemen. But you have about hundreds hundreds of companies that are registered with Visa, Mastercard through these different processors kind of as resellers. And then you have thousands of smaller companies, you know, that go through these resellers um, that want to, that just want to, want to promote their own name. So it can seem like there's hundreds or even thousands of people offering credit cards when ultimately there's about five different processors. Now, a lot of people say, I want to cut out all middlemen and I want to go directly to the source. 
So they try to go directly to the processor. And it's kind of like buying a TV. You can go buy a Sony TV. Sony makes incredible products, is incredibly well-known. But Sony doesn't want to ruin their relationship with Walmart. So Walmart is a large, respected, you know, depends on who you talk to, reseller. And a lot of times you can get a better price on a Sony TV than you can by going to Sony, to Sony directly. However, if you want to go to Sony directly, they will happily sell you a TV at retail price. And that's pretty much how it works for the processors. So it's interesting. We'll get quotes from you know, members on ODWire like, okay, I've, I've read the forums. It seems like people, people highly recommend you, but uh, you must be a middleman, so I'm going to compare your rates directly to a processor. I went directly to this processor that's recommended by this wholesale club, and, and I went directly to them, so can you beat this? And uh, it was interesting because we said, we would love to give you this rate because we'll make more money on you than we will on any other member that signed up with us with ODWire with OD um, <laughs> because it's basically a retail rate. So it's very confusing um, out there. And as a business owner, as an optometrist, you didn't choose optometry, so you could spend a lot of time dealing with credit card processing. Um, so obviously I'm biased on what I think is the best way to do it. Uh, but what I think is the best way to do it is by letting the company negotiate on your behalf to weave through all of these different offers and to find you not only the best company now, but to find you the best company ongoing. I mean, for example, we were using Chase Payment Tech and recommending and putting our clients through them, obviously extending slightly above our wholesale rates so they're getting much better prices through us than, would, than going directly to Chase Payment Tech. Um, but this is before Chase took it over. But then we found out a few, a few years later when Chase took it over, this service and the pricing wasn't near as good when it was just payment tech. So then First Data became a great resource and a great place to put people. So as an optometrist, do you want to spend a lot of time dealing with credit card processing? No. So obviously the, the question comes into play, well, how do I get the best deal and how do I know about going with the best company? And we can probably answer these questions uh, we'll probably get to that a little bit later, but the ideal situation um, is that you go through somebody uh, that you trust, much like in this situation. Um, you guys are um, obviously hearing from somebody that uh, advertises heavily on, on OD Wire uh, and believes in it. So there is a little bit of process, and so sorry, Adam, I'm, I'm trying to answer the question in an educational way uh, instead of just saying, we make the process easy. If you want the best deal, if you want the easiest way, just call us. <laughs> so, so, I don't so what are the tricks, though, that a, a credit card processor would use to, to, to get these clients? What do they say to them that will just suck them in? There, I, I love it. And uh, a lot of it, – it, it's interesting because um, a lot of the optometrists that I see on ODWire are starting to get wind of some of these tricks. And that's why I love ODWire. And I, you know, we deal with a lot of doctors in different industries. And I tell you, they would benefit so much if they had something similar to this because they can go on instantly and hear from somebody that's maybe spent a whole lot of time researching credit card processing. And they see a post and they could learn from somebody that doesn't make money on them and that's learned from someone else in their same position. Um, so I got to tell you, your members are more educated than most. But at the same time, you got to keep in mind, as soon as you figure out all the tricks, they're going to come out with something new. Right now, I try to cover maybe one or two of the most common, most common things to get business. One of the most common things is really, really pretty sneaky. 
what you do, let's say you have a rate now. You have a rate of, let's say, uh, to keep numbers easy, let's just say 1.9% for swipe cards and for your corporate cards and different types of cards. Let's call it a non-qualified rate. You have a rate of 3.9%, let's say. And then somebody comes around and they say, you know what, I'm going to give you 0.9% for this card and 1.29% for this card. And the most you'll pay for a card, oh my gosh, they had you at 3.9. The most you'll pay with us is 2.9. So then you say, oh my gosh, I'm going to save at least a percentage. But here's what they do. Each processor can control what types of, what types of cards qualify how. So what I mean by that is, I'll ask you kind of a simple question to say, hey, would you rather have a rate of 1.89% qualified rate or a rate of 1.29% qualified rate? And you would say, well, of course, I'd want 1.29. But what they're not telling you is, oh, yeah, well, what if in your current situation, only 20% 20, only 20 of your cards are downgraded to non-qualified, but with this different processor that they're going to place you with, they're going to make 80% of the cards downgrade. So even though your rate technically will never get higher at you know, 2.9 or 3.5% or whatever they make it, they're making a lot more of their cards qualify. So we teach people how to look at your overall effective rate because when we negotiate on behalf of optometrists, and by the way, our service is free. <laughs> yeah. When we negotiate on behalf of our of the optometrists, we don't care about what rate they can give them. We care about how, what's the, what's not the qualified rate or the non-qual rate. We care about the overall effective rate. And so this is probably one of the most common things. We care about getting that overall rate lower than anywhere else. That's the bottom line. And that's the only number you have to worry about. So if you wanted, going back to your previous question, the simplest way we tell people is to look at that overall effective rate. That's the biggest secret. Um, and not to go too long, but to say one, another um, very common thing people do is get you a really good rate, you know, and maybe they negotiate you a really good rate, but all technically they have to do is give you 30 days notice in writing to increase your rates. So and it's not by certified mail, it's by a little sentence at the, at the bottom of a statement. Um, so these are things that we monitor for our clients and we encourage, um, you know, if you're not using us, just, you know, no one likes to read their statements, but just look for little messages and always look at your overall rate. It'll de it's, it's definitely worth that minute or two a month, um, you know, especially if it saves you a couple thousand a year. Will these companies just raise your rates without you saying yes or no? They just send you a notice and then it'll just happen? Yes, yes. It's been going on for years and years and years. It's kind of like the wild, wild west. And so uh, it's funny when I when I found this industry, you know, 10 years ago, uh, tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I worked for one company who said, go and tell people the rates one six, nine. And I got really good at repeating what they said, but it didn't take me long to figure out, Hey, wait a second. You're not promising. You're not delivering what I'm promising. So within a few weeks I was somewhere else and I ran into the same situation. And then I did some more research and this is within a few months. I did some research, a lot of research and figured out, is there a legitimate company uh, that I can feel good about? And what I realized is that a lot of this is, is going on and it's unregulated. So I said, wow, in order for me to feel good about this, either I got to start my own company or get out of this industry. Um, 
so yeah, it's, it's like the, the wild, wild west. And we take great pride in, in kind of sharing these secrets uh, that a lot of these processors and resellers use. But yeah, so what happens is they don't need to tell you how they qualify the cards. And, but if they want to actually raise your rates, all they need to do is put a little message on your statement. But listen, but it, it's, it's, it's really interesting. It's always interesting uh, whenever you read one of these because these, a lot of times, for the most part, we'll blame it on Visa MasterCard. They'll say, Visa MasterCard have a rate increase, which is probably true. You know, lately they've just, it'll say something like, lately they've decided that legislation has made them, you know, raise this rate. And then it's a completely another, another sentence, but they make it look like it's related. Your new rate will be this, and it will go up by this. And usually they'll take a small increase and make it a large increase. So the idea is they're hoping that you don't read your statements. They're hoping that they were able to persuade you in the beginning with really low rates. And they're hoping to, over time, just, just increase your rates. So, so basically you have, you have an optometrist that's busy as hell. He just doesn't have time. He gets this thing in with very, very tiny print, hard to read. And then at the end of it, you say, we're going to be changing in 30 days. He's outraged, but what does he do? He doesn't have time. Who's he going to turn to? Can he say, stop, I, I, I'm going to stop processing? What, what does the average OD do in this particular case? <laughs> you know, well, I would say the average OD is never outraged because they never know. Again, they don't, they don't send them these notices in, by certified mail and say, you must read this, you must sign this, you must acknowledge that you've received it. Remember, it's on the back of maybe a seven-page statement that's incredibly confusing that no one wants to read through anyway, and it's just some, just some fine print. So for the most part, I would say 98% of people are just going to read over the fine print. But even if somebody was unhappy with the fine print, the, the contract that they signed, which was 45 pages long, said in the contract that all they need to do to raise the rate was to give them 30 days notice. So they're, you got to keep in mind, these processors um, make a lot of money and, you know, they're good at it. And um, a lot of times it's not even the decisions of the processors. It's, uh, you know, the resellers or whoever's in control of those contracts that's making those decisions. But yet, you know, there are a lot, there are different things that you can do that we can probably get into later on this call. Right. And, you know, I, on a personal note, what really makes my blood boil, and, you know, obviously at ODYR, we do a little bit of credit card processing. Um, you know, when you open up a statement and you see things like interchange charges and all this mumbo jumbo, and you're looking at this and you're like, well, why did that happen? You know, I don't understand this. You know, can you actually take our statement if you're going to look at it and look at the, the transactions that we've done and, and tell us, well, okay, you know, this this company's been doing these extra charges, these interchange fees and all this other nonsense. Um, if you go with a different processor, this is what you'll be paying. Can you actually look at that and, and tell from previous transactions what my likely, um, you, how many cards would likely actually qualify for a lower rate? It's interesting that you ask that because that's probably one of the most common questions I get. Obviously, uh, um Optometrists are on average a very intellectual, educated bunch who ask great questions to say, this makes sense to me. This qualifies. Can you look at this exact statement and tell me exactly how much I would save with you? And the thing about this is, is keep in mind, in a contract, uh, I'm sure if you've seen, companies can define things however they want. For example, I came across a company, it's a, I won't say their name, but uh, an incredibly successful company. They have hundreds of thousands of merchants across the country. And I'm sure that a lot of ODs are processing with them right now. 
I looked at their contract and they defined interchange as five cents a transaction, but they defined it on the paperwork. So that way, when you got your statement, it said interchange, but it just had a deduction. You wouldn't even know to take that, you know, that deduction, which they called a rebate, and, you know, divide it by the number of transactions to figure out what it really was. But here's the thing. So I get a lot of people say, I'm frustrated with this interchange thing. I'm frustrated. I don't like all this nonsense and all these different rates. I, you know, it's confusing. Can I just get one rate? I say this. I say, you know what? Visa and MasterCard has set up interchange for very good reasons. You know, um, I think they're very good reasons because at the end of the day, they're a whole lot cheaper than American Express. That's <laughs> what I said. I said, so they'll, they've defined different types of cards it's having more risk because at the end of the day, the majority of interchange, almost all of it, goes to the card issuing bank because the card issuing bank takes the risk. So for example, you got a visa from your bank. Your bank is the one making that interchange money. And so your bank is going to make more money on a transaction that's keyed in than swiped because there's greater chance that card was stolen. So anytime I get a, a question like, can I just get rid of all these interchange charges? Can you give me one flat rate? I say, here's the problem with the flat rate. Of course, it sounds good. It can be marketed really, really easily. But here's what a flat rate does. It's kind of like going to a car dealership and saying, hey, I know this car and then gas prices. I hate fluctuating gas prices. I'll tell you what. Can you just give me an amount to pay that I can pay you per month that will pay for the car and all the gas I could possibly drive, that I could possibly use. And they're going, wow, we don't know what gas is going to cost at the, you know, when you're going to be driving. We don't know how much you're going to be driving. And can they do that? Sure. But it's going to be an inflated amount. So anytime you get a flat rate, here's what the processor's thinking. They're thinking, man, I hope we can attract these people with this, this flat rate. But then to protect ourselves financially, we need to look at our cost and everything we could pay and then mark it up a little bit or mark it up a lot to make sure we never lose money on an account. So this is what I tell um, the ODs that I speak to and the ODs that, that we all speak to at our company. We say it may be a confusing statement, but ultimately you want a, different, you want a lot of different types of charges because you want those charges passed along directly to you. But at the end of the day, you just want your overall rate to be, to be lower than what you could find anywhere else. So rather than having one pretty rate to look at on your statement, we try to get your overall effective rate, which is when you divide your overall fees by your volume. We focus on getting that rate lower than you can get anywhere else. So it takes a little bit of an education, but once, but once um, our clients are educated, they love it. You know, and they say, got it. And we say, this is the only rate you, you should focus on. Right. So I guess then if, if there's a moral to this story, it's sort of like when you lease a car, don't just focus on that number of two ninety nine a month. Don't focus on that one flat rate that someone's advertising. You really have to dig a little more. Yeah, don't focus on it because at the same time, don't focus on the price of the car, you know, whether it's a lease or a purchase because you want to purchase it, but then they know they're getting a trade in. So then they're going to make $8,000 on the trade-in, and they know you're going to finance the car through them. And they could send the financing through Honda directly, but then they'd rather keep it themselves, their local bank, because they're making four more percent than they should. You know, then there's all these extras that they're, that they're selling you. So, yeah, you, the moral of the story is 
when everything's said and done, the overall rate is all that matters because that is all the money they're taking from you. So, and I and I and I want to jump in real quick and say, um, you know, I want to say I'm an advocate for the credit card processing industry, but at the same time, I do want to remind people because we can talk on, hey, these are things that people do, and a lot of times people get upset with them, but, you know, I'm an industry consultant, so that's my job is to tell people how to how to get around stuff. Um, and, and how to deal with the things that are trying to be done with an industry. But if you look at just about any industry, um, I'm, I'm having issues with our phone service. You know, I wish I had a consultant in the phone service who would teach me the things that teach people about credit card processing. And so at the end of the day, I look at credit card processing as, you know what, at least when people, when we're taking payments from people, we're not saying, hey, we'll send you a bill, and then you're waiting 30, 60, 90 days for payment. And I always, I always remind people, I said, you know what, it's better than not taking payments at all because on average people spend 40% more on credit card than they do with cash. You know, maybe they had an allowance from their wife or from their husband or from their, from their parents to go in and get a certain, to spend a certain dollar amount on some frames. And then they saw a name brand that they really liked that looked really cool, you know, with their favorite pair of shoes, and they're willing to pay another $150 for it. I mean, that's that's the kind of the beauty of, of taking plastic. So, so we does, kind of say... Does, does the consumer optometrist have to look at these bills every month with a fine-tooth comb? Or do you recommend to check them out quarterly? Or do they give it over to a consultant every month? How, how does a busy guy no, no, no. handle this? What we recommend is when somebody opens their statement, they can have somebody do it for them. They can simply look at their overall effective rate. Divide your fees, buy your volume. That's it. That's all you got to do. You don't have to look for hidden friend. Are they trying to? Are they trying to get this somewhere? Oh, he warned me about this Visa Mastercard increase. I wonder if it's just the amount of increase where they've padded it. You don't have to worry about any of that. Just look at your overall rate. If it doesn't make sense, you know, let us know. Or if it goes up, you know, drastically or something, let us know. But it may fluctuate. It may go up a little bit one month, you know, and down. We do a lot of business with jewelers, for example. Um, and jewelers can take one monstrous transaction, but it could be a corporate card that's really expensive. So we get calls from them saying, why did my overall rate go up this month? Well, it looks did you take a $35,000 charge over the phone? Okay, well, that charge happened to be a corporate card. Let's look at it next month and make sure it's where, where it needs to be. So I would tell people, this is what we tell our clients, is to say, look at this or have somebody look at it for you. Make sure it's normal. And if you have any questions, just give us a call. Don't get too worked up about anything because if you're working with somebody like us that's in your corner, you know, we'll fight the fight for you, you know, and we know who to call to get things fixed. A lot of times, as you can imagine, if you're upset, you're talking to a customer service person for whatever service you're using and you feel like you're not getting anywhere, we know how to get things done. Um, we'll never try to be the processor um, because we don't want to be the processor. Because uh, we thought, you know, maybe 10 years from now, could we be our own processor? Maybe. But what if there's another company out there that has spent $20 million developing something that's unbelievable that's better for our clients? It's better to be able to offer that service. Right. So, 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 so then to, sum oh, right. so to summarize then, I think, I think I'm getting this now. To summarize, open the statement each month. Compute the effective overall rate. If it deviates from normal, then obviously if someone's working with True, give you guys a call to see what's going on. Otherwise, just keep tabs on it. 
Um, and then if things really start to go bad and the rate really goes up, the overall effective rate, call you guys, and then you could possibly switch to uh, another processor? Exactly. Put them with another processor. And I'm trying to think of the best thing to do. Obviously, there's a whole lot of people not using us, right? Most people don't use us. And if you're not using us, um, I would say you're not doing very good by calling your own company, but you're all because it's interesting because if you don't have a consultant looking at it for you, I've gone into places, oh, I had an issue, but I got it sorted out. Well, really, who'd you call? Well, I called my company and they told me this. Well, of course, they're going to tell you what's in their best interest. So, but, but at the same time, you can't necessarily call a new company, you know, because I would say that's probably one of the biggest problems in the industry too is that people don't get what they, what they get promised. They get quoted savings, but no one's guaranteeing savings. So I would say maybe I think that's a great thing about OD Wire. Again, you know, if you're not with True, you know, um, you've got OD Wire to ask people, hey, what's going on? I'm, I'm, I've, I've run into this. I, I can't really recommend people do that in other industries because they don't have this, this resource. Um, but, yeah, I would say, you know, since we're talking to OD Wire members, I would say, you know, reach out to OD Wire. If anything sounds strange, that's the beauty of it. Don't worry about dealing with salespeople from different companies. Just get online and ask a question about your credit card processing. Say, hey, this looked weird. Does anybody have any advice? Uh, I see posts like that all the time, and I think that's great. And, and one final question for me on the, on the credit card side of things. If someone does want to switch processors and they're working with you, typically is there an equipment change involved? Does the doc actually have to do anything, or is it just sort of a paperwork issue? You can imagine what, what questions we get. The questions are, okay, you're, you're guaranteeing you're going to save me money, right? It's going to be worth Okay. And the next question is, how easy is it to switch, right? Okay. So they want to know that we're going to cover, reimburse them 100% of all their fees that they incur for switching. And in most cases, Adam, they want to know uh, that they don't have to switch anything. So there's a, there's a lot of late, great gizmos that we can offer people. We can offer them little swipers they can attach to their iPhones, um, or their iPads, um, you know, but for the most part, we find that maybe doctors, they just, they love using the terminal because everyone in their, on their staff is used to using the terminal. So for the most part, we can use their same exact piece of equipment. However, we find that if we can offer people um, a low cost solution, what I mean by that is we don't try to make money on the equipment. I mean, we give it to you for a few hundred bucks or we, we rent it to you for 10 bucks a month. So clearly we're not in it trying to make money. Uh, but let me tell you what, what, what advantages you have with, uh, with equipment. So if, if you just absolutely love your equipment, great. Let's see if we can try to keep using it. You know, if you'd like to spend $10 a month, um, we, we're going to give you a terminal that's touchscreen. So people say, oh, is it harder to use? If you can remember life before the iPhone, you know, it's like asking, well, is the iPhone easier? It's way more intuitive. You know, uh, my three-year-old could use an iPad when she was two. There's no way that she could use, uh, it, you, know, an, you know, a phone that we had just a few years ago. So in, in cases like that, for the rental for $10 a month, we recommend um, a lot of times a terminal that works just about the same way, but it's easier. It's touchscreen. And most importantly, or probably as importantly, it's dual com, which means you can plug it into an Ethernet cable. All that means is if you've got Internet at your location, you can, you, can run it, uh, you can run an Ethernet cord into the back of the terminal. What does this mean for your business? It means that if you don't want to change anything, if you don't want to update anything, but you just want to just, 
you know, just streamline everything just a little bit more. A lot of times you can get rid of a dedicated phone line that could be costing your business upwards of 50 bucks a month. Um, so you can save 50 bucks a month and make life easier, and you can shorten your transaction time. So I would say, you know, you don't have to change in most cases, but a lot of people do change, and we just kind of say, do you want a simple change that will be easy? Um, but a lot of other doctors are, you know, they're really open to suggestions. They'll say, hey, what's the most efficient way to process cards? And for a lot of doctors, we're actually recommending a, a software. Again, it's 10 bucks a month. You can buy the swipers for 50 bucks. You hook up a swiper uh, to your monitor or keyboard, and that way you can run transactions from any computer, you know, from your home. Um, and you can also monitor returns, and your reporting is a lot easier, and your security is a lot better. Right. So there, there's different options. Right. But we do... But in a nutshell, we do what the doctor wants. Right. <laughs> Good. So you, you, so you suggest that the older oldies get rid of their rotary dial phones. <laughs> Actually, the older oldies a lot of times are the ones making all the money. So you you know, just keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> well, I want, I want to branch out now from, from the uh, traditional credit cards to sort of the, the less conventional products that people may or may not use in their office. And maybe you could review them with us. Um, so why don't we, we sort of forge ahead into check guarantee. So can you sort of explain to people what check, a check guarantee system is, how it works, and whether or not they should be using it in their office? Yeah, first of all, I'll say before they, you know, stop listening or, you know, maybe start doing their email, check guarantee isn't just for check guarantee. So I'll jump in. I'll, I'll start by saying that to say I encourage people to listen just for a few minutes because they may find that they could really take advantage of check guarantee even if it's necessarily not for what they think it's used for. So for going to the most basic forms of check guarantee, um, you know, is it right for somebody? I first say, let's just look at the most basic check guarantee and say, hey, are you, what do you do now with your bad checks? If somebody says, well, we don't get any. The second question to ask, well, do you take checks? Well, no, that's why we don't get any. We got some, excuse me, a few years ago, and uh, we just said, okay, no more checks. So in that case, obviously, you want to be able to take checks. We recommend because we negotiate on behalf of, you know, behalf of our clients, these vendors and processors want us to push their products. So they get, we, we work on a lot of perks like free machines. So if somebody can get a free check machine that they can guarantee checks, why not do it, especially if it's the same cost or cheaper than a credit card? Why not run that check through the machine, have it automatically go into your bank account, and have you never worry about it? The idea behind that is if you get somebody from out of state, a friend of a, a, friend of a patient, you don't have to be worried about it. You can look them in the eye and say, thank you for your business. Please come again. Please refer us to anybody you know. That goes a long way rather than, oh, out-of-state check. I'm sorry, sir. Do you have another form of payment? Do you have a debit card? I'm sure you have a debit card if you have a check. Um, there's no really reason to go that direction. So I tell people, if you want to try it, um, go ahead and try it. You know, And also, we give you a sign that you can put on your window that says, we proudly accept checks. It will let people know, wow, these guys are great. They trust me. But almost just as importantly, it's going to let those people know that maybe trying to get one past you. Oh, uh, I'm just I'm not going to I'm not going to try to buy these frames here. Uh, another way to use checks, which I think is way underutilized, 
is a lot of times it's a very easy way, a very easy low-cost financing option for you. What I mean by that is that we work with some check processors that, um, that allow somebody to write multiple checks. So let's say somebody comes in and just doesn't have the money, doesn't have the room on the credit card, or maybe they don't use credit cards uh, because they've gotten in trouble with, with the past. You can have a financing option which does a credit check, which is a lot of work. Or you could just um, take multiple checks from the customer. And they are guaranteed. So what happens is the person can write you, let's say, up to six checks and date them for, let's say, anywhere from 30 to 45 days. So maybe they get paid once a week, once every two weeks. They write you a series of checks. You run them all through your terminal. And as long as they're approved at that point, your money is guaranteed. Now, I say it is guaranteed. Obviously, you need to get the right information on the check. It's got to have a physical address, phone number, uh, driver's license, and it has to be a real check. Um, but if it's got the right information, which is easy to do, your money is uh, guaranteed. You're guaranteed to get your money. And so this works out great um, you know, to just have on the side in addition to, the, in addition to be able to take people's checks. If you run into somebody who just may be a little squirmish, uh, they just don't want to tell you they don't have the money, you know, or their work. Because the funny thing is a lot of people that don't have the money don't have great credit. So they're not going to qualify. So in this case, they would qualify um, as long as they don't have a history of writing bad checks. Um, so I would say it's very underutilized. Now, I will say if you are located in a very affluent area and you take checks from everybody from every state, um, and you don't really have a financing option because most people have money, uh, I would say that I would recommend you not take check processing. Um, but if somebody was kind of on the fence about it or knew they needed it, they can always use it and try it. Uh, we let people try a lot of different things. But there are some people that just don't need it just because they're in a great location. I got a question about this, actually. So if you can guarantee, let's say, six checks over a period of whatever, six months, how does that actually work? How does the bank take on that sort of risk? Well, here's what happens. The, I guess the processor takes on the risk, and it's a, a period of time. And I guess the key is it's usually it's almost never six months. So I would say it's 30, 45, in some cases two months, 60 days. So really what happens is the, a check company, a check guarantee company, is only as good as they are at collecting checks. They've got to be really good at collecting bad checks. But here's what happens. If, when they run that check through, they're checking a database. If that bad database tells them that this person doesn't have any negative history, that, that check company says, well, this person probably isn't writing a bad check, so we will cover the check. So here's what happens is, is the only downside, I would say, is that the business owner has to wait to get their money. But rather than waiting for that patient uh, to get the money and hopefully come back or losing them somewhere else, they can give them the service or the frames and know that they could get the money. So what they're doing is basically running, running the checks through the terminal or online, and then they're waiting till that appropriate day. They're not post-dated checks. They're just waiting a week or two weeks or whatever they worked out with the patient in order to turn in the checks to the bank. So, you know, the question is, wow, that's a lot of risk on part of the check processor. But you've got to remember, we're independent. We can pick any check processor we want. So what's going to give one check processor the edge 
and allow and, and, and allow them um, the opportunity for us to push their service. Do they have great service and great pricing? Yeah, we've heard that from other people. Oh, we have this other option that you can do with optometrists. Wow, no one else has that. Great, you've got my attention. We'll use you. You know, as long as you don't mess things up, we'll use you. You know, as long as you get good feedback. So, so, so here's a question yes, that yeah. an OD would ask, uh, and I have to ask for them. Supposing we have a deadbeat, and the checks are approved, they take a very expensive frame home, and they go to another state. Who's responsible for making sure that that check is collected? Is it the check company? And here's the interesting thing. The check company will pay on it um, because we've got their back. For example, they have to make it good because we're going to call. Um, so a lot of times business owner will go, what would make this check company pay me? I'm just one customer. We could say, well, obviously you've got the backing of, of all the other OD wire members. But I would say that the check company, uh, again, they check a negative history on the person. If, the, if, the, if it is a deadbeat, they are going to put negative history out on that person. So that person won't be able to go to another company and write another check if they have a check system in place that's going to check the negative history. So that's how they're able to get around it. If it's a, if it's a true deadbeat, they're going to have a history of writing bad checks. If they're doing all this work just to get a pair of frames, well then, the check company has guaranteed to give you your money, and you've got your money. So you don't have so, to worry about hiring Tony Soprano, who sends Furio <laughs> over to try to collect. <laughs> exactly. The check company goes after it. The bottom line is you get your money, and then they go after it. They don't wait to get their money, then maybe you get it, or maybe you get half of it if it goes into collections. You get all your money, and then they go after them. So it's basically their problem. Great. So I guess the, the next sort of alternative product that we want to bring up is, is cash advance. And if we could sort of explain what that is and, and how it works, because uh, I don't think a lot of docs sort of know how it works and how it can actually work in their practice. Sure. And I would preface to say cash advance is probably not for most uh, optometrists. And we like to warn people on the front end because a lot of people will just push it. Um, cash advance is basically, it's, they, it's not a loan because what you're doing is basically getting a cash advance on future credit card sales. So let's say you're like, um, man, I would love to build out this part of my store, but I just can't get a loan or I just don't have the money. And where could I get, you know, $20,000 or $50,000? If I could just build this, man, I could expand my store and I could sell X number more frames and there build my business by this. If you can't get it through the bank, um, it's a great way to do it. I say if you can't get it through the bank because the interest rates are, are very high. Um, so what it is, it's a, so let's say you're doing $30,000 a month. Now you want a cash advance for 30,000. You can get a cash advance within a few days. Wow. You get, wow. They just give you 30,000 bucks. You got it. Then what they do is take, let's say, 10 to 15%, 10 to 20% of your future credit card sales in order to pay it off and a hefty percentage. Got it. So they actually draw it straight out of your credit card revenues. Exactly. Exactly. It's also referred to as a crack needle. <laughs> so, um, to give you an idea, uh, we've never uh, offered any of these. Now, 
we are able to do it, but for the most part, we talk people out of it. But we want to say that if somebody needs it, we are able to help people figure out, hey, we're, we're a consultant. We're not going to sell you something that we don't recommend. Do you need this? Is there another way? Hey, let us, let us find you the best solution. They call it a crack needle because what happens is you get one because you need it, right? You need that extra money. But then all of a sudden, the percentage is so high, by the time you amortize it and everything, it could be 20 or 30% for that year. And so by the time you, you pay the 20, 20 or 30% and the other one, well, now you're down even more. So now you need to get another one. And the results are staggering as far as the number of people that get another one. I remember I was visiting a cash advance place and they had a picture of a business owner on the wall and they, they had a title for him. It was like their favorite, favorite customer that he had 24 cash advances. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, if this guy had any idea how much more he spent. So part of what we do as a consultant is talking people out of services, um, that are, that are touted out there that are pushed that are made to look really attractive. Um, every now and then there may be a, an optometrist who may be, uh, I would say younger, maybe in a tough position, maybe they bought a practice, uh, that was inflated. You know, we've all heard these stories that they spent half a million dollars for a practice or more Then they realize that, wow, they didn't really have that many patients. And all of a sudden they've got to pay it off. And, um, this is their last chance to avoid bankruptcy. If they could just do this to, you know, to make things happen. Um, it's usually, it's usually uh, great for somebody who it, it's, it's kind of like their last option. Right. So this brings us, I guess, to the final alternative uh, product that actually I think a lot of ODs are starting to use. And this is something that we've been speaking about for years, but it's the idea of using gift cards in the office. And these things have become wildly popular in general in retail. So, you know, you've got hundreds of practices working with you already. Can you sort of speak to, to how they're using the gift cards? Yeah, of course. And I would say that the neat thing about the gift cards is that I did a whole webinar on this, as you guys remember. So if anybody wants more details on this, we went to great depth and uh, it's, it's a lot more visually appealing. Um, but a lot of people think gift cards, they think, well, I don't need gift cards because when I think of gift cards, I go buy gift cards for my family members on Christmas or on the birthday and I receive them too from places that I eat and stuff. Why would I need gift cards? The interesting thing, I'll just kind of hit on it couple points is that you can, your business can benefit tremendously from gift cards. And I'll just try to try to bring up a couple points. Um, first point is this, uh, what about returns? Anytime somebody returns a frame, you know, you just give them their money back. That's fine. But what if you gave a return, you know, on the gift card, that's going to require them to come back, um, you know, and use it again. Uh, employee perk, instead of giving somebody an iTunes gift card, well, what happens when you give someone an iTunes gift card for great work? They get excited about whatever iTunes products they're going to buy, whatever songs they're going to buy. What if you gave them a gift card towards any frames or any service? If you gave somebody a gift card for some frames, they may get really excited. I'll tell you a quick story. Um, I, like, I like luggage. I remember this one time I was at this outlet mall, and I go into this Tumi outlet. And Tumi offers, you know, nice luggage, but I never want to pay retail uh, for anything. And so I was in this Tumi store, and this young individual, I'm, he's looking at me. I'm thinking, how much is this guy really going to know, you know, about luggage? And all of a sudden, he's telling me about the ballistic nylon and the zippers and the warranty and everything. And I said, wait, wait, wait. Why do you care so much about this luggage? He said, you know what? Because if I sell half a million dollars or a quarter of a million dollars, whatever the number was, this year, 
I'm going to get a thousand dollar gift card to apply towards everything. So I was thinking in my head, if you sell an astronomical amount of luggage, you're going to get a thousand dollars retail to buy. So I said, maybe this company, they manufacture, you know, the luggage as well may have $200 wrapped up in this. But what I realized uh, was, was really clear. This person was motivated to learn everything about them. So if you want your staff selling higher end frames and knowing, being educated a lot more about the frames, you can give them gift cards to your business. Um, the last thing I would mention about gift cards, a great marketing method, is to mail out surprise amounts. Uh, you know, Victoria's Secret, Starbucks have been phenomenally sex- successful with this, and we teach optometrists how to use this exact same method. Basically, what you're doing is you mail them out to a particular area, or you can put them in with new people coming to the area. So maybe somebody moved into a new house and they drive past an optometrist and they say, oh, well, when I, you know, after we get settled in, I'm going to go see that optometrist. But what you can do, if they get something to mail from you and it's a gift card, if you guys ever get something to mail, you know, you throw something away if, it's, if it looks like trash. But if there's something hard inside like a gift card, you know you're going to open it well, for the most part. So you open up, the letter says, you know, welcome to the neighborhood. This gift card could be worth up to $200 or $300, whatever it is, you know, to, you know, with no purchase necessary, good towards this optometrist. And the person looking, it's like, well, I use contact lenses. I was going to go to the optometrist that's closer, but this could be $200. I'm definitely going to try this guy first. So obviously when they come into your location, it's up to you to win them over with your great service and knowledge and everything else. So we teach people very low-cost methods. And we actually tell people we can teach them free ways to get in new people. Because in most cases, obviously, we can save them more money on their credit card processing than the gift cards cost and cost to send out. But even, even if you never end up using this, uh, you know, using gift cards, um, you can use gift cards brilliantly to build your business. You know, speaking of service and price, this is something that uh, optometrists agonize over all of the time. But now the shoe is on the other foot. Uh, how important is it for, with payment processing uh, service versus the lowest possible cost? <laughs> it's funny that you say uh, optometrists agonize because I'm guilty of this too. I'm going to give you the right answer. Um, but, but first, I have to admit what I've done as well. And what I mean by that is that uh, so trying to work out phone systems and everything, we needed, an, uh, we needed one of these... Uh, high bandwidth uh, phone lines that come in, so a T1 line. And so I did, you know, I got different price quotes. And I actually ended up going with a company that got worse reviews. I knew they had bad reviews than the company that was highly recommended um, because of price. I was guilty. I went for price. You know, and we haven't had a problem for about a year and a half because I was thinking it's a T1 line. What could go, what could go wrong? At the beginning of this year, our phones, I hate to admit this, they were down for three days. Our phones were down for three days. Like three hours is terrible. Three minutes is bad. Three days. And instantly I thought, oh, here I am. You know. Now, obviously, I want a solution that's the best price and the best service. Why can't everyone offer that? But you know, I couldn't find the best service and best, uh, best price, and so I was guilty. I chose the best price, and I paid for it. So you know, you know what? You know, 
you made the wrong choice. I made the right choice. You know, today my wife was yelling at me. She's like, there's a mouse. There's a mouse. Do something about the mouse. And I, at that moment, I didn't care how much it costs. You know, I went right on Yelp and I'm like, get me the best exterminator in the area. I don't care if he's got a flamethrower. I don't care if the house comes down. I need the best. I need the best service possible. So, you know, I took I took the opposite approach, and I, I don't even want to tell you how much I paid for this, but the, the mice are gone. So, Well, I can tell you your grandmother's had an old Hungarian expression that a lazy man works twice, but a stingy man pays twice. So i got to leave you with that thought. Yeah, so anyway... <laughs> You know, bringing up bringing up price versus service. You know, I, I guess there there are definitely different approaches. <laughs> yeah. So I so I'm not here to tell people you can have both. You can have the best price and the best service. Um, and I wanted you guys to ask me a question. Uh, the advantage of using OD wire. Uh, the advantage of having that tool because that's going to go back to how do I know I can get the best service. So I definitely want to ask that question because just being members of OD wire. They're basically guaranteed to have the best service uh, for many different reasons. Um, but I want to say service is incredibly important. One, you want to get a hold of somebody who knows you by name. And when you have an issue, you don't like dealing with credit card processing. So you want to call up somebody who knows who you are, who knows your history, who can take care of your situation instantly, and who you've got a relationship with. Um, and obviously, if something goes down, you know, we've even offered some people in the past saying, I'm really worried about my, 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 my terminal if it goes down. Okay, do you want an Internet-based solution? No, I don't want anything like that. I want to use a terminal. Okay, great. Well, we'll just send you two terminals, you can, one you can have on the shelf. You know, so, some people are so particular about it going down. But the, the bottom line is you can have both. It's okay to have both. Um, so just make sure you get great service. And the funny thing is it, it's just like anything else. Somebody could have told me about the importance of service, and they did when I was deciding who to go with to, to provide my T1 line, but I had to learn it for myself. So it's just one of those things. I could go on and tell you story after story, but ultimately until something happens to you, you know, that's when you really become a believer. So I just, I just remind people, hey, you can have both. You can have the best service and the best pricing. So. And just a plug for OD Wire, you got to get the best service because if it's an advertiser on OD Wire and something goes wrong, guess what happens? You go on the forum and 16,000 people know about it almost immediately. So. It's funny, Paul, that you're joking because that's the question I wanted you to ask, and that's exactly why. You know, I'm, I don't, I'm not going to even pretend I even know a percentage of what optometrists have to go through. But if I were an optometrist, I would feel great about using somebody to advertise with OD wire because my thought is, wait, wait, if I have a problem, I can complain to an open forum full of all their other potential customers and current customers. So I feel really good about using this. It's funny because I tell people, you know, you know, using us, you got about a 97% chance that everything will be beyond your expectations and better. But there's a 3% chance that something's going to go wrong. But for that 3% chance, you better believe we're going to jump through hoops to make sure it's right because we don't want anything negative coming out in OD Wire. I think we may have had, like, with all the hundreds of members that we have that are with us, we may have two complaints. And I think one complaint was because we were working with the assistant or front desk person and something was explained incorrectly to the doctor, then the doctor got on there, then we said, wait, this is actually how it worked. 
And he said, oh, okay, well, thanks for, you know, describing it to me. But, you know, it wasn't even the real case. But even if something isn't wrong, you know, we have to make it right. We have to take the time to explain it to the doctor. Uh, we have to go above and beyond. So that's why I say that every other industry wishes they had something like OD wire because all of a sudden you have instant power. It, you know, you get the, the buying power of 17,000 other groups. And I also wanted to say with this, a lot of people think, well, instead of going through ODR, I'm going through my association, it's the same. Or I spend all this money to go to a buying group. I say, you know what? It's nowhere in comparison. Now, we have a lot of relationships with associations, buying groups, and we love them. We love those relationships because they heavily target us. But let me tell you the difference. In ODYR, if someone, so if a client has a problem, here's what they do. They call us, you know, hopefully they call us and say, hey, I got this problem. You need to fix it or I'm going to complain. We say, wait, 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 we'll, we'll complain. You know, we'll fix it. We'll do whatever we got to do to fix it. So we fix it. They say, great. And we say, hey, can you go and post about your experience? You know, sometimes they do. But here's what happens with an association. You're like, I'm going through my buying group. I'm going through my association. Here's what happens. We have associations. If somebody has a problem with an association, they call up the director of member services or whoever it is at their association or buying group or their contact and say, you know what? I've had this problem. And that person at that association or buying group goes, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to take care of you. And what do they do? They call up the credit card processor and they go, hey, Hey guys, I know you pay us a lot of money, but this person's unhappy. Can you please like take care of them? Hey, no problem. I won't let any of the other members know, okay? <laughs> so, so the idea is that with ODYR, you have so much power um, and influence, and, and people would jump over, you know, bit over backwards. In, in, a, in a case like a relationship with an association or buying group, for the most part, I won't say this across the board, but for the most part, they are receiving a significant amount of non-dues revenue from the credit card processor. So they're more of a partner with the processor than they are, you know, they have to run a balancing act between taking care of you and, and taking care of this other company who may be paying them a lot of money every month. So just keep in mind that not just us being the advertiser, but the other advertisers that advertise on ODWire, uh, I'm not an optometrist, won't claim, that, won't claim that I'm even close or even smart enough to do that. But if I was, I'd feel really comfortable at least giving those companies a shot to earn my business. Yeah, I mean, we like to say that we give everyone a gigantic megaphone on ODYR. You know, it doesn't matter who you are, or where you are. The fact is, you know, if you speak up, you know you're going to be heard by over half of every person in the profession. So it is a lot of power that, that our members have. So, And hopefully they'll start exercising it. It's always fun, actually, to hear what pe the people's real experiences uh, out in the real world. Okay. So, yeah, so it looks like we've actually done an hour. Wow, that went fast. Um, so, <laughs> Matthew, do you have any final thoughts for us? I interpret that as, wow, you talk too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm great. I just want to thank you guys for having me on here. Uh, and I appreciate you guys putting together and working so hard to put together uh, a great forum. You know, because a lot of people tell us or ask us, you know, why are you advertising on here? You know, and I remember... Uh, uh, they ask us because, don't you know people can complain? People are going to know. And we said, well, we want people to know because we actually, you know, we're not perfect. We make mistakes, but we feel that we work harder than anybody else not to make mistakes. And, wow, if this playing field was this level with every industry, we feel that we'd have such a much better opportunity at gaining so much more business because so many people wouldn't play the game or it would force everybody um, to change the level that they're playing at and have to actually – you know, honor what they promise and run an ethical business. So 
um, what you guys are forcing people do or, or, or offering people to do and recognizing the companies that do things the right way, I, I think is tremendous. And uh, we have no plans to stop advertising with you guys. And uh, we really enjoy it. Well, we really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, you'll get back online after this is all over and we can keep the conversation going at least about uh, credit card processing and, and really try to educate the folks on the site. I know that I've learned a lot over these past couple of years. In fact, I've learned gory details about this that I never thought I, I would ever want to know. <laughs> and Matt, I, I gotta, Matthew, i got to compliment you. I stayed awake the whole hour. <laughs> it, was, it was really edifying. <laughs> you know, and I tell, I tell people, it's like, we try to make credit card processing fun. If you're a current client of ours, you probably got a Christmas card from us that had us all wearing funny hats. And, you know, it is a boring business, a boring industry. We try to make it interesting, and we hope that people spend, hey, spend an hour on this, and this is all that you're, you'll ever need to know. So we try to say, you know what, how can we make this industry, industry you know, interesting and relevant, and how can we waste as little time as we can, um, uh, you know, so, uh, you know. We hope to be different in a lot of different ways, but ultimately, we know that people want to make it easy, make it make it fun if possible, you know, and save me some money. So. Great. All right. Well, Matthew, thanks so much, and I guess we'll see you online. See you soon, Matthew. Yeah. Thanks, guys. 